Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Thad Price about attracting and retaining top talent in your organization. Thad Price, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. John, great to be here. Thank you very much. It is great to be with you. You are joining us from Virginia while you're on the road, normally from Texas. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about attracting and retaining great talent. And of course, this is always an important topic. This is always relevant for organizations, but uh, particularly right now in the throes of you know post-COVID, recession, inflation, uh, the, the great awakening, the great resignation, you know, all of these things uh, are creating this context in which it's, it's challenging for organizations to put the right mix together to really attract and retain those good people. So we're going to uh, pull that apart and talk about strategies and approaches that organizations can take as they're trying to do just that and assemble a really great team. As we get started, I wanted to share Thad's bio with everybody. Thad Price is CEO at Austin-based Talru, the award-winning talent data-driven job advertising platform where he provides leadership strategy and guidance to all departments. With more than 17 years of experience in online recruitment and job search vertical, Thad is a recognized thought leader in the HR and talent acquisition space. He genuinely believes that there's no industry that plays a more integral role in the economy. Thad uses his cross-functional experience to turn client feedback into innovative products that helps customers hire better. Under Thad's leadership, Talru continues its mission of disruption in the industry. Prior to joining Talru, he was VP of Business Development at Job.com. What a fantastic background. I'm thrilled to have you with me today. Anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of your background, personal context before we dive on into the conversation? Well, I will say that um, we like to do things in twos. We have two amazing kids, uh, seven and eight-year-old Harper and Jack, and we have two amazing gold retrievers, Emma and Finn. So in our wisdom, we were able to add two amazing gold retrievers when our kids were roughly about a little over a year and uh, almost two years and a year old. So <laughs> so that's a little bit about us and, and how we have a, a household here in Virginia as, as we visit family. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I'm a family man. Uh, listeners of the podcast know I have a bunch of kids and I have a couple dogs that I walk religiously. And uh, 
I, I just think that's wonderful. So I'm connecting and vibing with you there. That's that's fantastic. All right, so let's really dive on in and start off by talking about why it's so hard right now to get good people and what HR can do and should be doing proactively to attract more candidates in this sort of mismatched market. Well, I think, you know, what we've seen somewhat post-COVID is this shuffling of the workforce. You know, one of the things we spend a lot of our time with helping companies build their essential workforce. And we've seen a lot of a lot of pain with a lot of companies focusing on building the workforce, attracting talent, retaining talent. It's it's a tight labor market, right? There are more jobs than ever. Uh, talent is uh, they have the opportunity to be picky, uh, and so a lot of it is is focusing on the basics. You know, focusing on how companies can really think about the benefits they offer. Uh, flexibility has become one of the most interesting things that we've seen. We surveyed our job seekers, um, you know, about a year and a, about a year ago, a year and a half ago, and what we found was one of the things that were that was most interesting for job seekers and and um, what they're looking for, even more than pay now, almost more than pay. Pay still, of course, number one, uh, and that is flexibility. And so, a lot of businesses have had to rethink this idea of flexibility and how to offer flexibility um, as part of a part of the benefit of working for that company. And I think a lot of this is because of how working, how the way we're working has changed. And especially when we think of essential workers and we think of uh, hourly workers as well, one great example is the gig economy. You know, now companies can actually, now that there's so much activity in a lot of the gig marketplaces that essential workers and hourly workers can work when they want by turning on an app. And delivering for Instacart and, you know, driving for Uber or DoorDash, whatever may happen. And, you know, just as during COVID, e-commerce accelerated because folks were actually buying and using systems because they didn't want to go out and shop. That's created this interesting, you know, new work economy around marketplaces, especially delivery marketplaces, where folks are looking at that. I would say that the calculus around the opportunity. And, and so what I share with a lot of companies is, you know, the, the calculus around the opportunity. Now we have a great opportunity to share why a job seeker should come work for you and tell the story, right? Especially with, with marketplaces, it's very transactional. It's you're delivering, you're getting tips, you're, you're delivering, you're getting tips, you're, you're getting paid for, um, for, for some type of, uh, of action. In the case of employment, traditional employment, there's this clearing opportunity that that occurs, which is very different than a clearing wage, in my opinion, right? The clearing opportunity is where can I go? Can I become an assistant manager? Can I become a manager? Where can I go within a company? I think we need to be telling that story. You know, at Tower, we have have a a terrific tradition of actually um, internal promotion and telling the story of the opportunity within Tauru and how folks can move into different departments. They can move in departments. Um, and I think more companies need to tell that story because more job seekers are looking for that type of opportunity as it stands today. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, and it, like you said, it's interesting. Um, pay is always important. People want to be paid enough to feel like they're being treated fairly, equitably, that they can meet their needs, you know, basic needs of their family and that they're able to achieve their goals. But once you're paying people fairly um, and and you kind of at that point take pay off the table, 
um, because people just feel like that's taken care of. And at that point, it's all the other things that really make up the difference, whether people decide they want to stay in their job. And during the pandemic, and as we move into post-pandemic, the number one, as you mentioned, of those intangibles is the flexibility piece. Uh, there are lots of others, you know, the intrinsic motivators, the workplace relationships, the culture, all those things matter, um, but flexibility that has been shown out in research again and again and again over the last couple of years, um, that that is what people are really desiring. And so it's, that's challenging, right? It's, it's, it's hard for organizations to provide more flexibility, especially the larger the organization, the more complex it is, the more bureaucracy you have. It, you know, there's layers of approvals and blah, blah, blah. Like it just, it, it gets more complicated when you have people doing different things. And that's, so I get it why organizations want everyone to just do the same thing. That's easier to administer and to hold people consistent and constant. Yet that's not what people want. That's not what employees need. And so it's like this balance, right? Between trying to make sure that we're meeting the needs of the employees, so we can attract and retain good employees while also, you know, meeting the organizational needs of the company. Um, so I'm wondering if, if you can break down for us what it really costs organizations right now, you know, as we're factoring in not just the pay and the total compensation, the total rewards, um, you know, elements, but also just that flexibility and perhaps even increased administration costs or, or those sorts of things related to giving people more opportunity with virtual hybrid work and such. What we see from a cost per hire perspective in hiring essential workers is it's roughly around $670 to hire an essential worker today. Um, and companies that are companies um, that are uh, more enterprise, that cost is lower, a lot lower. A lot of it is process. Um, we've, also, we've also seen that in many cases, a, a, the lack of an engaging interview process is one of the reasons why a lot of candidates fall out of that process and they're unable to hire and the cost to hire is a lot higher. So typically enterprise companies um, have a lower cost for hire because they have automation and they've invested in tools to be more effective at working the candidate through a process. Um, and we see this from our customer base as well. You know, when you think of hiring and you think of all the things that, you're, that you need to actually attract candidates, you really need a workflow and you need a great process and you need tools to be able to support that process. Um, so I think that, you know, if we can connect with candidates in a quick manner, um, we can engage them, we can showcase the company, all the, the benefits with a company, I think companies can have a lot more success in hiring. Um, it, is, it is costly to hire. Um, and I think companies that think of hiring as not a, not a cost center, but a revenue center, I think are the ones that are on the leading edge and are in the growth mode, right? Too many times our industry, you know, human resources, talent acquisition in general, it's been seen as, oh gosh, I have to hire someone that's going to cost money. And that's not how to look at it, right? When you hire someone, great people grow great companies. And when you hire great people, they will grow your company. And that's what it's all about. They will help grow revenues. And I think this is shifting. I think this thought process around, you know, cost center versus revenue uh, centers is shifting, has been shifting. But I, do, I definitely think that COVID has accelerated this, especially when you think of, you know, restaurants closing early because they can't find folks to work a shift. 
and losing revenue. Um, you know, we've, we, we continue to see this. We continue to travel in, you know, airports across the U.S. where businesses are just simply shut down. Service-oriented businesses are simply just shut down because they're having problems attracting candidates to fill shifts. So, you know, I think we need to, as an industry, we're doing a better job. We're still not there, but great people grow revenues and grow companies. And this idea of moving talent acquisition, human resources from a call center to a revenue center is happening and it's exciting to be a part of it. Yeah, it is exciting. And to see those shifts over time and the acceleration into the the shifting nature of work and the, the HR industry and talent acquisition roles and everything, to see all of this changing around us in real time is fun and exciting. It's also a little bit scary. And organizations, of course, have been grappling with how to do this well and, and to lean into the change, right? Um, and of course, one of the things we're dealing with right now, so we, we're, you know, moving into post-pandemic world, hopefully, um, you know, more people vaccinated, uh, things are more back to normal now than they've been in the last two years. And so that, I think, is less of a concern to most organizations and to most leaders, um, you know, certainly less than it was, you know, a year or two ago. Um, but now, you know, we're dealing with recession, potentially, we're, you know, certainly inflation, um, and those sorts of challenges. And organizations, in part, it's just due to the great resignation and the tight labor market, you're, you know, organizations having to pay more uh, to get good people. But now you have inflation on top of that, which is making it even more challenging to stay on top of the total compensation, total rewards. Uh, what, what do you see as, you know, good approach for organizations, for executives and HR leaders, as they're trying to stay on top of inflation and figure out how they can best meet the needs of their employees, you know, to drive continued satisfaction and engagement. You know, as, as companies are navigating this, I think the first thing is we need to start having more conversations with our team members and and let them know, going back to this idea of the clearing opportunity, let them know what the opportunity is for them. Um, Yes. You know, there's inflation, wages are increasing all these things, but I think we have to get back to the basics, which is what's your career track at said company. You know, the basics is where are we, what, what does my opportunity look like? Where am I looking to go and how can an individual company help me achieve that success? So regardless of, you know, an increase in, you know, uh, an increase in wages, you know, 10, 15, 20, whatever that may be for the individual job seeker, for the individual that you need to accomplish your goals as a company, um, it's for them, it's all about the career track and how you can support their career track and where they're going. And I think it all starts with a conversation. And, you know, as I think about the conversations that we have with our, with our team members, um, the conversation is about where we think the opportunity is for you and where you're looking to go and how we can fit into those conversations. And I think now more than ever, especially in a, in a tight labor market, companies need to be proactive in having those conversations. A lot of companies probably wait for an annual review. That's completely wrong. Those conversations need to be happen need to be happening uh, early and often, uh, at least once a month, to make sure that folks are are right on track. They're growing, and there's a clear path forward of what that opportunity looks like for the individual. You know, with a, with a tight labor market, everything else happening, inflation. Um, you know, it's it's tough, but I think it's now even more important to ensure that we are focusing on our talent. We're investing in our talent and letting them know that there's a home and there's an opportunity beyond what, you know, they're potentially doing today. Otherwise, find the opportunity somewhere else. 
Yeah, they and they will. They'll they'll leave. They'll go somewhere else. And we've seen people doing that in droves uh, over the last year or so plus, right? Uh, and I think that trend is only going to continue, especially now that it's just not only do employees have all the, they hold the cards, right? Because of the tight labor market and they know they have options. Teams are more distributed, um, more and more remote jobs are available. Uh, it, it means I'm not tied to a geographical location. So if I want to look for work, I'm not just, you know, whatever my metropolitan area might be where I happen to live. I literally can apply for jobs anywhere. Uh, and, and there are just so many more opportunities that way. Or if I want to do gig work, you know, there's, there are so many platforms now that will connect me to work. Um, and so I, I just have so many options, right? And, th- and that's something that organizations just have to acknowledge and, and, uh, and start to account for in their strategy. And I see old, old thinking in organizations and among some executives where they just, they just think, no, I want everyone back. I want everyone in the office full time. Um, I'm sick of these entitled young people wanting blah, 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 blah. And I hear that over and over and over again. And I think, well, certainly any leader is welcome to their opinion and they can decide what they want for their organization. I'm just convinced it's a a losing strategy. I I just think ultimately they're going to become increasingly irrelevant in in the world of work and they're just not going to get good people, which is going to impact their long-term uh, strategic, you know, sustainability and ability to bring value to the market. And so, you know, I, I, if, if you're a leader listening to this podcast and you're thinking, I just really need and want everyone to be back in the office. Again, the, the number one thing besides pay and total rewards that people are looking for right now is flexibility. And that means schedule flexibility. That means remote or hybrid work flexibility. So you're going to have to figure out how to become more comfortable with that, or you're going to lose out on good talent. Well, I think, and, and you're right, I think it all starts with culture and hiring process, right? If, you know, cult, culture is the connectivity that holds a team together and ensures that, you know, we're all working together, um, you know, following the same, focused on the same North Star. And without that, everything else falls apart and that connect, connectivity falls apart. And I think that a lot of businesses, what I, as you said earlier, we got to get back to the basics, Right. All of these things we're talking about, whether it's opportunity, career tracks, re- remote work, you know, all these things. If we don't have a good culture and, you know, there, there's misalignment in some cases, uh, then all of that can fall apart. And so that connectivity is what really needs to happen, what business leaders really needs to think about to ensure that they can achieve goals and they can continue growing revenue. I mean, we can see we can see this time and time again you know, in business that, you know, companies that are really focused on, on culture and driven by culture are the ones that succeed and probably the ones that aren't as concerned about remote work or flexibility. Yeah. And, and so let's talk just a little bit more about flexibility and we can finish things off there with our conversation uh, today. Flexible schedules, again, as we've mentioned several times, they're, they're what people want. Is it worth it? How is it worth it? to management when it is challenging to administer and when you're trying to juggle, um, you know, different people with different wants and needs in terms of what their flexible schedule or their flexible work arrangements might look like. Um, What do you see with your clients? How have uh, those organizations that have been handling this the best, how have they been doing it? I'll give you a great example of a company here in Texas that I think um, has done a tremendous job navigating this idea of flexibility 
and their strategy around it. So um, one of the largest grocery chains here in Texas is HEB. And a few years ago, HEB purchased uh, a company in Austin, Favor, Favor Delivery. And Favor Delivery was a delivery service. You could basically have anything delivered. So HEB um, acquired this company to basically provide this idea of, provide, of, of delivery services to HEB customers. But with that, they gained the idea of accessing this, this, um, this gig um, flex, flexibility enabled marketplace um, <laughs> to that extent where you know this labor pool could be flexible and could deliver for favor and work when they want to work. And when you think about a traditional grocery chain that's focused on service and that's focused on cashiers and all the things that's needed, you don't necessarily think about flexibility, right? You're focused on being a cashier, you're behind the counter and you know you have your shift and you're working your shift. And so you know, I love that example because it worked out, um, it seemingly is, has been working out in a terrific way for them because they were able to basically provide flexibility to their existing uh, base um, through favor, um, but, also, um, but also focus on, you know, the folks that are looking for a full shift. And I don't know what, I don't know what the future holds for, you know, their shift, flexibility, everything that they're focused on today. But what I can say is this, is that companies need to think about incubating this portion of flexible labor. And if companies thinking about incubating a portion of flexible labor and invest in systems to focus on shift management and this idea of flexible labor, then it's not as overwhelming as, oh my gosh, I have to I have to provide flexibility to all my team members. And that's what I think companies need to think about. You know, in product development, we think about MVP, right? We think of basically creating a way which we can experiment uh, around labor and around shift work and all the things that companies are, are doing to ensure that they can meet the needs of their customers. And that's a, that's a great example of it. So, so in summary, I would encourage I would encourage customers to really think about experimenting with a lot of different products with different labor pools so that you can prepare because we're not there yet right we're not there yet where um we're having a huge issue we will be and so we need to experiment today and we need to get prepared for the future i think definitely COVID has accelerated all of this um but if we don't change and we just focus on what we're doing today those businesses will lose Thad, this has just been a really awesome, fascinating conversation. I know at the time, I'm going to have to let you go here in just a few minutes. But before we wrap up for today, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, your team, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Thanks, John. Really appreciate the time. Great to be here. Again, Thad Price with Tauru. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. Happy to answer any questions uh, as well. You know, We're helping companies build their essential workforce, uh, bringing more of, a, more of an online consumer advertising approach to job advertising and talent attraction, helping companies find the right audiences at the right time, at the right place, at the right cost. So um, we're changing the game and we would love to spend, uh, spend time uh, chatting with you to see how we could potentially help. Um, as far as today, and, and this has been great, John, I, I really appreciate the time, but I would say that we have to rethink our talent attraction strategy and in the way that talent's changing and, and, continue to innovate our strategies through 
different systems, through different processes, and the businesses that continue to, to do that will be the ones that succeed. So thank you very much. Yeah, well said, Thad. It has been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Thad and his team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.